I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Home is the place that is waiting for us at the end of a long day or after a season away. It's where we find solace, belonging, and love. It's where we reveal our true selves to those who know and cherish us the most. Whether it's the dream home we aspire to, the forever home we found, or where our beloved ones reside, home holds a special place in our hearts, shaping our memories, dreams, and aspirations. In this episode with Sandra Bird, we'll explore the concept of home through the lens of spirituality. Drawing inspiration from Jeremiah 29.5 reminds us that no matter where the Lord plants us in this world, He wants us to settle in and make a home. Sandra is an experienced devotionalist, and today she shares with us how to develop a deeper connection with God in our everyday lives. Also, how we can create a welcoming and spiritually nurturing home environment, and tips for making devotionals a regular part of our daily prayer. Sandra, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. So a question we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? You know, I think my family is known for our togetherness, our our, our tightness. We make a, a priority of spending time together. Even though my kids are grown and I have a granddaughter now, we still schedule family dinners. We cook together. Humor is a big part of our bonding. We make jokes. We also have this, like right now we've got this rubber duck that used to be a toy of my granddaughter's has kind of a goofy look on its face and we sneak it into places. So somebody (laughs) might leave it in someone else's dishwasher. And then, you know, if it ends up at your house, it's your job to sneak it into a diaper bag or sneak it into a silverware drawer or something just so we're always waiting. Hey, who's got the, the goofy duck and where does it show up? You know, we might send funny memes together, you know, to the family thread or gifts. We do we do serious things together too. We take turns leading prayer, and when we have when we have communion for our family dinners, we take turns doing a little Bible study and then leading leading communion too, which bonds us to each other and also also to the Lord. I love that that phrase distance makes the heart grow fonder but it's also true that distance makes the fond heart wander and so when we're physically distant we try to stay in touch in other ways and I I think that's true with our relationship with the Lord oh I love that oh my gosh I love this I, I love everything you said even the little duck thing like hiding the duck I think that's so mm-hmm. adorable how did that get started uh I, so my granddaughter loved ducks. She had a whole, we called it a ducket, a bucket of ducks that she loved. And we used to, they, there was like a pilot duck and a ballerina duck and all the rest of that. And one of them just had a super goofy face. And we just right. said, well, all right, this is goofy duck. And then I think my son-in-law was the one who planted that uh, in my son, we were having a family dinner and he was taking left leftovers home and he planted it in my son's leftover bag. And then my son wrapped it up next time it was at their house and put it someplace. And then it ended up in, I think it ended up in my dishwasher next. And so then it was just, you know, it's kind of a fun thing to look forward to. Who's yeah. going to get the duck? Where are you going to find it? 
but I just think that kind of lightness, leavening, mm-hmm. there's heavy things in the world and we all still have both light and heavy things in our lives, but making sure yeah. that we blend that, that joy. And I think that becomes a tradition. We feel like yeah. traditions are big traditions. Like we always have lasagna on Christmas Eve, or, you know, we go to a certain place for vacation, but little traditions are also very binding to us. And I have some ideas for that. Even the devotionals, our little traditions with God also bind us, bind Mm -hmm. us to him. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. I love that analogy. All right. So you're here to talk to us about your new book called Dwell 90 Days at Home with God. So I'd love to hear more about it and what led you to write it. So I started thinking a lot about home. Home has been on my mind most of my life, honestly. I grew up in a family that moved a lot and I I kind of always looked forward to having kind of a permanent home. We have a lot of emotional you know, resonance with the word home. We think of things like our childhood home or grandma's home, mom's house, our dream home, you know, even a forever home. I lived in a house that I absolutely adored. And when my husband got cancer, we we had to leave that home. And I told the Lord, Lord, I, th- I thought this was my forever home. And he reminded me I have one forever home and it's not here. So I need to make my home with him wherever it, it is that I'm living. Mm-hmm. When I when I say I'm home, it's the place and the person that I feel most comfortable with. I can wear yoga pants. I can do whatever I need to do to relax. I invite my friends into my home and my family into my home, whereas I might just meet colleagues at a restaurant. So it's a very emotional place. And I wanted us to recognize a little bit more, starting first with me and then sharing it, that we know kind of theoretically that God is with us at home every day, but maybe we don't acknowledge that in really intentional ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I think of home and what I think I want to build for my home is safety and security for our family, especially a place where, like you said, where you can be yourself, where you can, you know, say what you want to say that's on your heart and, and do what you want to do, obviously within reason, right? You gotta, yeah, can't be exactly. like, you know, um, but really just to be yourself. And so I, I think that, you know, and I think that's what God wants for us and for our families. And so I've tried various ways throughout the year, years to do that. I haven't always gotten that right, but it's been a focus and it keeps me coming back to like, okay, how can I be intentional with the way I love on my people? How can I be intentional with the way I create my home? And so I do think it's a very, very important place to spend time, cultivate and appreciate and recognize for sure. I love the word sanctuary. We say like, oh, this is my sanctuary. But, you know, when you really dive into it, it has a a religious history. So back back in time, if someone was coming for you or you were at risk or you were at danger, you could Mm -hmm. run into a church or a cathedral and and no one could get you in there. You Mm -hmm. you claimed sanctuary. Mm -hmm. You were in there in the house of God, you were safe. And I think we can bring that into our, our modern day lives. While we are in our homes, while we are in our homes with the Lord, it's our sanctuary. We're safe there. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, we talk a lot about safe places. It's okay and admirable and noble to make our home a safe place. And, you know, if we take the, the, the concept of in the past that was in God's house where you could claim that. And then our, our Lord dwells with us in our homes now. 
we can, we can transfer that directly. Our kids mm-hmm. can be in that sanctuary. Our friends mm-hmm. can be in that sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So how does your devotional help reader, readers develop a deeper connection with God in their everyday lives, particularly in the context of their homes? So I've always felt like my calling to write devotionals is grounded in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen, which is teach them his words to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you, when you get up. I mean, that's pretty much all day when we lie down at night, when we get up and when we're at home, I think the idea there is that learning what God has for us, how he loves us, what he's sharing with us is not just a mountaintop worship time experience or vacation experience. It's, it's kind of found mostly in the day-to-day details of our lives and routines. Mm -hmm. And so if we can look to see him in things like planting or weeding or tidying up or making a comfortable living room, then we will see him at not only at work, but at pleasure and desirous of relationship with us all day. And then, of course, we're to teach those to our children, as Deuteronomy eleven nineteen says. But if he's asking us to teach our children that way, then he's very likely teaching us as his children that way. So it's just kind of developing the eyes to see and the ears to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those eyes to see and ears to hear come from abiding in him and mm-hmm. spending time with him, just like in the context of family. When we have that relationship, like you said, the distance, you know, makes the heart wander sometimes. Yes. The fond, <laughs> yeah. It could be if the fond heart wander as well as, you know, the heart oh, grow fonder. Yeah, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so that that time and that connection and that abiding and that relationship is really important. It is. And, you know, we all, I mean, I think all of us have this little maybe critical tendency if we see a family at a dinner table and mom and dad are on their phone and the kid Mm -hmm. is sitting there or whatever. But the fact is we kind of do that too. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're in our house on our phone, busily, busy, busy doing this, but our parent is also waiting for us to set the phone down kind of and acknowledge his presence and that he's there for relationships. So a lot of it is kind of just got to be inside your home the set the phone down moment so that you've opened that pathway then for him to speak to you, to share something new with you and insight about what you're doing in your home and, and how he's there with you. Yeah. So your book includes beautiful photographs of different aspects of home life. So how do these images contribute to the overall message and the experience you want for your readers in Dwell? You know, God has made us to be sensory creatures. You know, we have the five senses and maybe maybe even more. I think movement is a sense. So I think if we can harness and acknowledge all of our senses and bring that into our devotional time with God, we just experience him in a, in a much fuller, more kind of visceral way. Mm-hmm. So for me, we've got those beautiful photos, which, which are perfectly tied to the material. I'm so grateful for that. You might sit in a special soft chair. You might in my neck of the world, sun is at a premium. So I find a place where I've got kind of a sun dappled area to bring that into my quiet time. I, I pick m- music that might set the mood. 
I only drink jasmine tea, for example, when I'm doing my devotional time. So then the scent of that jasmine tea and the taste of that jasmine tea, those are all cues to my body and my spirit that this is a set aside time mm. um, for God. <clears throat> and the and the photos do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I love about this devotional is the emphasis that you have on beauty, right? Because I, I definitely find that beauty is important. My background mm-hmm. is in design, actually in architecture. And I know that our space matters. And I know that for me, like if I go to a restaurant, the food tastes so much better if the restaurant is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or even gonna if go it's back. Pl- even if it's plated beautifully, that yeah. matters. You know, there's that phrase, I, and I don't know who said it. We could probably Google it, but it's that you eat with the eyes first. Yeah. So that's true with food, food, but it's also yeah. true with spiritual food. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you definitely emphasize this. So let's talk about the ways in which <clears throat> this is a part of our spiritual relationship with God, this comfort, this beauty, delight, and how how God brings this into our lives. You know, I started thinking one year about all, this is a crazy this way to get around this, but of all the beautiful fish that are so deep in the ocean that no eye sees them except his, and they're beautiful. When we do capture a little piece of one of them, they're vibrant colors and, and magnificent shapes. And that showed me that, you know, his eye delights in beauty too. So then I started looking around to the world that I can actually see. For example, I talk about planting bulbs in one of the devotionals that Mm -hmm. sometimes we plant bulbs and someone moves into our home after us and the beauty that we have designed for our enjoyment is actually then enjoyed by the person that comes after us. It's sowing, literally sowing good, good deeds and good seeds that bring beauty into someone else's life. I talk a little bit in one of the devotionals about solar powered I had a long driveway when I wrote that particular devotional and we lived pretty far out. So it was dark. So I went to the store and I bought some solar powered lights, which were pretty and, you know, fit right in with my landscaping, but they didn't go on. And uh, so finally I I wrote in there, it's either my husband or my son-in-law, I think said to me, Hey, there are some stickers covering the place for the sun to come in. You're going to have to take those off if you want to charge this. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. That's fine then. So we took them all off and then the, they, they drank the sun as it were to power themselves during, during the day. And then when the night came and it was very dark, all of those solar powered lights lit up the driveway, lit up the yard in a really beautiful ambient light. And Mm -hmm. the Lord was showing me, Hey, this is what we're to do. You know, me, Sandra, take in the sun during those light times. And then when it's dark for you and for others around you, you have captured that sunlight, a soul and light to bring beauty and, and peace and hope to other people. So mm-hmm. there, there's so many, so many ways. Topiaries. I love topiaries. I've seen some crazy topiary frames, dog topiary frames, you know, I mean, just whatever, <laughs> but I, I kind of like the typical French ball topiary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I was planting a skinny little Ivy in this big topiary and nurturing it over the months, winding the ivy as it grew around and around until it finally covered the frame and just became the topiary. The Lord was showing me that that's the nature of a, of a Christ-like life. He's the frame. I'm the skinny little ivy that's to be wrapped around and intentionally as I grow, 
wrapped around the frame that that he has provided for me. And even when people just see Sandra, like at the end, when people just saw the plant, the thing that gives it the shape is the is Christ inside there. And mm-hmm. and that's it's beautiful because it's built on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are some beautiful examples. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, connecting with God, having a relationship with him so that our eyes are open to see these moments and these connections and this beauty that he has for us is really important. Exactly. If we got to slow down a little to do that. And I think that's why I see him in the everyday because like, I cannot rush washing the counters. I can't rush weeding. I mean, I'm out there, I'm bent over, I got (laughs) a water, you know, there's no going fast. So then when I've got that slow down moment, then, then I can hear from him and, Mm -hmm. and see. Yeah. That's so good. So I'd love for you to share some practical advice advice or suggestions that you have for your readers who want to create a welcoming and spiritually nurturing, nurturing home environment. You know, like we said earlier, practically and theologically speaking, we know that God is with us everywhere, but we don't always overtly acknowledge him and his presence. So I think just to take a moment every day to acknowledge, you know, hello, Lord, you're here. Thank you for being here. Help me see what you want me to see. Help me reach out to the people you want me to reach out to. Just like anybody else that we invite into the daily relationship, we might ask a friend or a child, what do you think? Or what happened this day? Or show me what you what you want to do. It's not exactly the same because it's God, but it is still relational. And to, to invite him into that. I think too, we live in such a crazy, hectic world that to remember that he says he leaves his peace with us, he's left it here for us. So if in this, you know, kind of harried world, we can allow that peace that he's left with us to characterize our home, then our home does become that well, welcome refuge, that, that sanctuary that we talked about here on earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Do you have a personal story that you can share with us from your life that exemplifies the transformative power of dwelling with God in your home? What is your home done in your life? Yeah, you know, this is this is a really, it seemed like a simple understanding, but it's been really powerful in our lives. So in number tw- numbers 28, the Lord reminded the Israelites about food offerings that he expected them to present. And it was interesting as we really studied that, that he wanted those presented to him in the early morning and twilight, which is when his family, the Israelites were eating. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he asked them to give the same kind of food. It was like a, a moment of obvious, hey, he's he wants to eat with his family here. He wants to eat what they're eating when they're eating. That's when mm-hmm. the, the offering is. Same thing, Jesus sat down with his disciples. He ate roasted fish. He dined with tax collectors. And so we kind of transformed our lives instead of just saying grace. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. We're very thankful for it. But we've transformed him to to invite him, Lord, join us at this meal, be our honored guest, come, mm-hmm. come be with us, sit us. And it's just been a, such a simple, but powerful transformation because he's not a distant benefactor only that we're thanking for this. He's an, he's an honored guest. He's right there at the table with us. Mm-hmm. And it's just was maybe the start for us to realize how omnipresent he is mm-hmm. in our daily routines at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love meal time with our family. It's, you know, I think about just over the years of just us coming together at that same time every night. And even those were years where we had to shift the times Mm -hmm. because somebody had a sports or somebody had a lesson or something. And I I never wanted to let go of it 
like mm-hmm. dinner time. I never wanted to be like in a season where we just didn't get around to dinner. So I would shift it. And sometimes we'd eat at three 30 or four 30 when they came home from school. Cause I knew they'd be, you know, at practice at five 30. And I'm so grateful that we did because even now as my kids are older and I have teenagers, they still make a point to be home for mealtimes. Like, I mean, I get texts all throughout the day. What's for lunch, what's for dinner. And I know, <laughs> you know, and I know, course they just want me to make them food but that's I, I okay know, i know that it's that it's so much more than that like yes, i know is. that for them it's the one time that we can sit around the table and then what's so great about that is that it's a touch point for gratefulness for thankfulness when we pray like you said because we can get really busy but if we sit down for a meal we'll stop what we're doing and we'll thank god for what he's given us and even for whatever circumstance we find ourselves in so that i think mealtime is so transformative Completely. And you as a mom have set the pattern that we we will shift other things so that we can be together. We will mm-hmm. we will accommodate this, we will accommodate that. But the non-negotiable mm-hmm. is our is our coming together to join each other in a meal. That's gonna last yeah. forever. My kids are grown now and out of the house and starting their own families, but family meals are still really important to them and mm-hmm. uh, worth a sacrifice worth making. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any tips for making devotionals a regular part of our day? I know that most a lot of our listeners are moms, they're in the trenches, they're busy, mm-hmm. and I know we hear slow down, but what else? What can we do? You know, first of all, wh- one of the reasons I wrote these as fairly short devotionals is because we all have just a little bit of time to hook onto mm-hmm. something. But also, so I kind of look at devotionals as prayer as a prayer partner or a friend. So you've got to find a devotional whose voice you like, whose approach you enjoy, just like a friend. There could be a lot of great people, but you might not have that friendship chemistry. And I think that's the same thing with devotional. So if you pick up Mm -hmm. a devotional and you love it and you love the voice and you're interested to get back to it, or you want to read more than one day at a time, then, then that's a good thing. And And like a prayer partner, you want a devotional that's going to give you a new perspective, somebody that's going to open up the word to you a little bit more. We can Mm -hmm. also get in a rut with prayers. You know, we have, you know, health needs, relational needs, financial needs, same things. It's not that there's anything wrong with them, but a good devotional will be like, hey, let's look over here to the left or, hey, have you considered this to the right? So it, it, the investment of time that you spend will, will pay dividends in bringing Mm -hmm. you closer to the Lord open up the word to you in a different way that mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have done if you hadn't taken those five minutes, that a good devotional will have a takeaway. So the takeaway is when you close that book, when you close that page, it's something you're still thinking on as you're sitting in carpool or wherever you are during your day, it, it comes back to you. So look for a devotional that does that. Hmm, that's good. That's really good. Cause I don't, I've been in seasons where I forget what I read that morning. Yeah, I really would like something that will stay with me that I can sort of Mm -hmm. chew on and wrestle with and think about throughout the day. So that's some great advice. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm looking forward to our readers getting a hold of your devotional. It is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You can find Sandra at sandrabird.com. She's also on Instagram as Sandra Bird Books. I'll link to all of that, plus where you can find her book in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. 
I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.